Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Folks, welcome back to the Celtic Soul Podcast. This is another bonus episode, and it's with Jeanette Finley from the Celtic Trust. If ever there was a time where we need to be united, after all what's happened with the talk of Super Leagues, vulture funds, and big-time business coming into the game in Scotland, it's now. Delighted today to be joined by Jeanette Finley, tireless walker for Celtic fans a member of the Celtic Trust and was also one of the main drivers behind the Fans Against Criminalisation um, back a couple of years ago. Jeanette, you're very welcome. We have some serious stuff to discuss today. Indeed we have. And see, when you say a couple of years ago, I just realised the other day, uh, Paul Quigley said to me, it's 10 years since we set up FAC. <laughs> so it was actually, that's how long ago it was. It did take us seven years to get rid of the legislation, but there you go. And it doesn't feel like 10 years, Jeanette, that no. I was jumping off a bus and running down, well, not running, walking fast, <laughs> down, down, down the road with Kieran Kenny to the demonstration in Georgia Square. Yeah. yeah. It, feels, it, yeah doesn't, well. it doesn't feel like 10 years ago. And Jeanette, you were also the first person to come in and speak at Celtic AM. We didn't know how, how kind of the growth that was going to have and yeah, yeah. on the podcast. And we've always had a, a great reaction to you coming on. But today, I'm delighted to have you because I need some more information from you because yeah. we've had Super Leagues and then we had the tabloids coming out yesterday and the tabloid yeah. types and giving us all this British League. Now, we've been here before. We've had yeah. Phoenix Leagues, Atlantic Leagues, but we're in the Scottish League. It, it, it's a lovely tar to think that you know, Celtic could be playing the Man United and Liverpool and reaping the financial rewards of that. But it's also worth thinking or having thoughts about that if we were to enter a league like that, we would become much more attractive for businesses and families like the Glaciers who mm. ruined Man United and divided the fans and you'd FC United starting off. So where is the trust now in this? Because we need to get the message out there that it's not all singing and dancing down in England. No, I, I mean, the trust obviously hasn't had, uh, you know, 
time to sort of absorb that. A lot of these things that you're talking about have only sort of come into the public domain over the last few while, uh, last few days, really. I mean, we were aware that something was going on in terms of UEFA, that there were some discussions about what might happen and so on. But the detail of that we knew nothing about. Now, we're obviously heading towards our AGM uh, next week, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion around that, and, you know, the Trust Board will meet before that to discuss it. But I think we need to let things settle. We're, we're, we're not an organisation that kind of jumps at every turn, you know, so we, we kind of wait and see well, what's actually happening here and what's it. So we have a we have a set of principles, which is that um, we're very clear about what football is about. We want the greatest success for Celtic Football Club, but, but success can be measured in a number of ways. And, and the thing that always gets me about all of this is that people seem to think that somehow, you know, you either you know, embrace the full global capitalist side of football or else you're, you know, you just wallow a bit among the Diddy teams, really. That seems to be as if that's the only thing that can happen. But people seem to forget that football wasn't always like that. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go back to the past, but actually in the end, people have to make a decision. Do you want to be a customer of some global franchise really or or do you want in the current a word I never, had never heard before do you want to be a legacy fan you know, do, you want, do you want to be just one of these kind of old dinosaurs that are you know do you want do you want to be you know somebody who never gets to see your team live because you know you won't, you'll be priced out of it do you want to be somebody who pays fortunes to um uh you know, broadcasters. Um, do you want to be doing all that, or do you want to be somebody who can go and turn up at a football ground, watch the game, reasonably follow uh, everything in the domestic league, even if you kind of go, to, you know, necessarily go to European away games and stuff like that? What is it? What is it you want as a football club? Uh, what is it you want to be as a football fan? I think people really have to think about that. Um, so, yes, you want Celtic to be as successful as it can ever be, but what does that mean to you? Does it mean taking part in a corrupt competition? Does it mean taking part in, you know, what does all of that mean? Now, there's a level of corruption, you know, for the domestic league up, and we, we all know that. Um, I just think people need to make their mind up about what it is that they want. And, and what does being a fan mean? I know what it means to me. Um, you know, I don't support Celtic because I believe that Celtic's going to be com competing regularly at the top of the game internationally. I don't, you know, you know, at a European level, I support Celtic because I was born and brought up supporting Celtic. And the things that matter to me are the support and the fans. And that's the things that, you know, push comes to shove. With the season that we've just had, if you were only interested in success, then there wouldn't be many Celtic fans left. Um, don't all jump in because I know we've had nine years of tremendous success so I know and I appreciate that and that's all great. I've also lived through all the years of, you know, winning nothing. So, and, and I'm still here. So it's not about that for me. 
It's about being part of a community. It's about being part of a people, particularly if you live in Scotland, because as I've said many times before, Celtic to me is our national side. It's a national side of an immigrant people. That's what it is. It's that sense of community. It's that sense of being the place where your identity is clear and you don't have to defend it and you don't have to, you know, you just are who you are and you share that with people and you share it with people who don't necessarily come from the same background as you. And you engage in things that are about your community, about supporting, you know, and, and that can be the charitable side of it. It can be the Kano, it can be the food bank collections at the Green Brigade, do, it can be the anti-racist tournament, it can be in the politics. Again, sometimes people get very upset when they talk about politics and sport, but frankly, as long as there's been politics and as long as there's been sport, the two things have gone together. As far as I'm concerned, that's the way it should be. Where you have any venue where you can collect together, you know, thousands upon thousands of people with a similar sort of background and attitude, then, you know, that's going to be used to political effect and why not? So it's about all of those things for me, all of those things. How's that going to play over the next period? Uh, I mean, I'm just not the person to ask about those things. I just don't know how all of this is going to play out. But I do know that I would rather have um, circumstances where, you know, we're knowing amongst the big boys, but I can still go and see, I can still go to Celtic Park every fortnight. And I can still go to domestic away games rather than circumstances where we're up there supposedly and amongst the big boys. Um, but it just doesn't need the same experience anymore. You just don't, you know, you'd have to travel to England. And I know speaking to you because you're obviously travelling for Ireland, that's been part of what you took on when you became a Celtic supporter. And that's what you were going to have to do. Um, but that would feel really strange for me to think that I would have to think about travelling to England every fortnight. And, and of course, lots of the people who go to away games now wouldn't be able to do that. Anyway, I'm rambling a little bit because, because I don't really know how things are going to play out. But I do know, um, I do know that people have to decide what being a Celtic supporter means to them and what experience they want to have as that. And, and and it is new, but this kind of imperative which says this is the way the game's going, we have to go away. We don't. We don't. Yeah, um, and you mentioned going down to England, and one thing that would surprise people would be the price of tickets because with Peter Hooten on the podcast, and Peter's involved with the Spirit of Shankly. Yeah, and, and and they mobilised fans from different clubs. Although funnily enough, he said we had to have the West Ham fans separate from the Tottenham fans, and we had to have. <laughs> but there was only five hundred, I think, on that march. But they went to the FA headquarters, and and they got the ticket prices reduced. So mm. you know, fan power can work. And he spoke also about when they were having sit downs after games. There was only a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand doing it. But when they achieved what the aim, everybody then was was at these protests and that. So. Mm. It, it's always kind of left to a small group of people to maybe make the force leader, move. That's leadership, isn't it? That's what leadership is, you know, whether it be what, politics or sport or social movements or anything. There's always going to be some leadership there and then people fall in behind if they think they've got a chance of uh, achieving their aims. Yeah, and it just... It, like you mentioned, knocking down to England for away games, going to Scotland, going to travelling to away games, and 
I was quite upset this week when I'm seeing all this stuff on, on social media and about you know when we were going to Aberdeen, it's a nothing game, it's a dead rubber, it's this, it's that. And I kind of went, maybe some of the fans have now decided that if we're not winning, it's not worth going to see the team or supporting the team. And and I thought, how does this a Johnson fan feel? How does a Paddy Tesla fan feel? Like, is it all about if you're not on the top of the table and you're not going to win, you're not going to support your team? Because I know that we all would have been trying to get a ticket for Aberdeen if the buses were gone. And the first conversation piece on the bus coming down the road after we we spoke about Lee Griffith's late winner would have been, have you any spares for Ibrox? Because that's the next game. And so for me to, to see this thing on social media and people... People say to me, but no one cares anymore because it is. I don't want Sally to be looked at as a club that of glory hunters. I want it to be looked at no matter if we're winning or losing, what's important to the team. But it, it won't ever be. Look, the reality is, you know, when people talk about 60,000 fans, there are, there are not 60,000 absolute diehard one loser draw fans. There are not. And if we went into a period, and I don't necessarily believe that we are going into a period, but if we went into a period where we weren't doing too well for a few seasons, you will lose a lot of people. Now, you'll lose a lot of people maybe next season simply because, well, first of all, because we don't know, quite know what's going to happen yet. Uh, people may you know, be unhappy about how the club has handled things. And you'll lose people because financially we're going to, you know, situation's not going to be great. So you might lose people for those reasons, which are entirely um, legitimate, but you'll just lose people who, 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 for whom it is about winning. You will lose people like that. Now, we've just, um, um, a very long-standing member of our club, the Denison Number 1, Mick Quinn, died um, two weeks ago. And uh, Mick had huge health problems. And Mick went to every single game home and away, even at a point where he couldn't couldn't really walk in. I mean, Aberdeen was always a great one for him because the buses were parked right next to the ground, so he could, you know, get in quite. But even the ones where you have to walk a bit further, and then we managed to we got a you know one of these electric scooter things, and we carried that in the bus for him. And right to the end, and right to like you know a week or so before he died, he was still talking about renewing his season ticket. That's the kind of people. That would be me and you, Andrew. That would be the kind. Of, that's the kind of that. That's who I'm interested in. If there are people out there who are saying I've stopped going to see Celtic because they haven't won anything, I don't really know what to say to those people because they're not actually. Um, it's, it's not that they're not, I'm not saying they're no Celtic fans and I'm no, you know, there's no a test, there's no a, you know, there's no some kind of like qualification. But they're not actually thinking about this the same way as me. So I don't really have anything to say to them. You know, this is no, this is not what this club is about. So, you know, this club, this support, the core of this support, the heart, the beating heart of this support, it's not that we don't care about winning. You know, we're no, we're no you know, kind of tartan army. We do care about winning. We very much care about winning. But the, but the most important thing is us as a community, as a club, watching football being played the way we want to see it played, enjoying the game, enjoying the crack, enjoying the journeys, enjoying the stories. That's 
what Celtic is to me. Now, if it means something else to somebody else, that's fine. They'll need to make their own decisions. Um, but and 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 but I, 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 you're absolutely right. We will lose a lot of people who who really, if we're no one, and it doesn't doesn't work for them. Yeah, uh, I've, I, I'm trying to encourage people to join the Celtic Trust because um, with <laughs> all, all this Super League talk, and I, I firmly believe that they were only testing the water, and I think it might be UEFA that implements it through time because um, like, whether there's relegation in it or not, we are heading for a Super League of some degree because they want the bigger slice of the pie, the big clubs, and they don't want the smaller leagues because they've destroyed, they've destroyed the European Cup anyway. You know, teams, with the exception of maybe Porto, you don't really, you, you can nearly predict who's going to be in the later stages of the Champions League. And it's kind of a handful of teams that have the money. Like we've got Russians, We've got Americans, we've got Gulf money, we've got Asian money coming into the game and it's coming in for a reason. It's not coming in because they want to fight relegation. It's coming in because they want money. Celtic is, Celtic is hugely vulnerable. Yes. And that's what we've been saying since last year. And I suppose we've always been saying it because we've never thought that, we've always thought that the right model for Celtic should be as a, a fan-owned Organisation. That's the position of the trust. But certainly, as a PLC, we've all we've been saying, and more recently saying more vigorously, that Celtic is hugely vulnerable. It's hugely vulnerable. I've said it to you when I spoke to you before. Um, you know, there is something afoot, uh, something going on just now. Obviously, um, whenever you see share prices shooting up, that's usually capitalism's way of saying something's going on. <laughs> so something is going on. Um, and whatever that might be may, may mean that Celtic becomes a very attractive proposition for people whose interests are not the same as ours. Yeah. And that, that could mean because as a PLC, somebody could make an out, you know, if, if they manage to buy Dermot Desmond's shares and they buy Lindsay Trains, then... That's it. They could force a buy it. They could force us all to sell our shares to them. That that could happen. Yeah, Jeanette, um thanks very much for coming on. But I just want to just finish with this because I wrote an article and I look at Linzel Train and I see sell. And the first line of, of the on the website is to, to increase the value of the shareholders. I look at the Selic Trust and I see the word trust. And the first line on that website is, for many of us, being a Celtic fan is a family and a social tradition. And I know which one I want to back. And, and if I can appeal to any fans out there who have thought of joining the Trust, please do so. For a five a month, those, that fiver will be turned into shares. You will become a shareholder. And Man United fans done something like this. They, 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 I think it was Shares United. But they didn't do it quick enough and they didn't do it enough. And the Glazers come in and ruined the club. It might look like a big, huge club now, yeah. but it's certainly not the club that a lot of Man United fans who left and formed FC United and a lot followed. So it can happen to us, Jenna. 
No, I, I absolutely, Andrew, and I appreciate all the efforts you've made in trying to get that message out. But people do need to understand that our club is vulnerable. There is a possibility these things could happen. And the only way that we can fight that is to combine together to try and mobilise as many shares as possible, both buying shares and combining all of the small shareholders, because that could take us up to about 20%. Just, just if we could get everybody who's a small shareholder to agree to pull together in terms of casting a vote where required, that could take us above 20%. This is not beyond the possibility, beyond the realms of possibility. We can do this. Um, so I would really encourage all of your uh, listeners to please consider joining the Celtic Trust because at this point, more than probably any other in the recent past, we really need people to stand together to, to, to save this club and make sure that it doesn't fall into the hands of people who have no interest really in its long-term health. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you. Folks, thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. If you would like to support us, we're fully fan-funded. Everything we do is free, apart from the fans in, which is a fiver, including postage worldwide. You can do so also by supporting us, by buying some of our merch, donating for the price of a pint or a coffee. Visit CelticFanzine.com where you'll find all the details. Thank you very much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.